Welcome to Story Love, the official podcast of Writing by Structure, where each week we'll talk with a different writer to find out the good, the bad, the just plain crazy, so we all feel a little less alone. I'm Amanda, your host and owner of Writing by Structure, a hub where writers can learn the difference between writing and structure. I have a Patreon, a consulting business, as well as digital courses. I'm so glad you're hanging out here with me today to talk with some really great writers and learn what's working for them, what's not, and all the craziness in between. Today on our next episode... Javier Molina and Gabriel Furman, a writing, directing, acting team that, uh, you know, one-stop shop does it all. They have a wonderful short film called Wonder. You should Google it. You should watch it. It's about a little boy growing up in the hood who wants to be Wonder Woman for Halloween. Um, It is just a beautiful, beautiful story. One tons of awards on the short film circuit and it's currently um being shopped around to be made into a television show um with lots of uh people interested in buying including hbo so it's very exciting to have these two guys super talented um writer director actor team here with us today i am with javier molina and gabriel Foreman. um thank you so much for being here with me today guys i was telling our listeners about wonder and how beautiful of a film it is. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how it came to be and where it's at now. I would love to hear that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you. First of all, Mandy, we freaking love you. You're one of the smartest, brilliant minds that we know. And uh, for just spending any time with you is great. So thank you. Amen. Um, Wonder came about, um, I was in Ireland on vacation with my girlfriend and we pulled into a gas station and outside of the gas station walked this guy, this man holding what looked like his little, his little, a little boy's hand, his son's hand. It was about six or seven. And the kid was wearing a Wonder Woman costume. And I just, I just started crying. And my girlfriend looked at me, she goes, what's wrong with you? I was like, look, that's what a real father looks like. And right then and there, I just like saw this whole story inside of me or at least the beginning the first draft of the story and uh call hava i was like yo man i'm coming back with our next film <laughs> and and uh yeah that, that's, that's how great. it began that means we probably owe that dude like <laughs> we owe that dude there's a dude <laughs> in Ireland. we're like yo my man we um you know you didn't actually write it down but pound yeah. for inspiring us yeah. <laughs> that's amazing um and, and how do you guys work together as a team so you have the idea and then you go to Hav and, and how does that process play out well you know Hav's Hav's the director um both of us are the writers and at first we've I think we've only till recently we recently just finished uh, another short film that I wrote in Hav's directing called Victoria and I think recently we figured out at least a next step in our process, which is let me get all the crazy ideas out mm-hmm. before we even give any feedback. Let me get all of this ridiculousness that is known as the inside of my psyche out. And then after that, it's, it's clearly, clearly what is the, what is the story we want to tell? And then best idea wins. Great. Chip away. Yeah. That's the yeah. truth. Go ahead. It's kind of like that, um, 
that Michelangelo story, right? Wait, wait, whatever, or one of them, but Gabe usually spits out these like huge, gigantic ideas. And I'm more like the logical one. And then we start like just chipping away everything that isn't the story, you know? But it just reveals itself. It's always, there's always gold in, in his uh, big ideas, you know? I love that. I love the, I, I love the, the note that don't, don't, start chipping away until you've gotten everything out and explored every avenue before you start, you know, um, cutting and editing. You can't, you can't edit the magic. You've got to let the magic happen before you edit it. Right. That's such a great thing to bring up here. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Normally. Thing. Cause I'm like, I, my struggle is that I, I'm like editing as I'm trying to write. And it's like, you know, it's, it's almost impossible. Well, you're the director. And so, it, you know, it's so, um, important to to honor what stage you're at. So you're working three steps ahead on how you're going to shoot it, and you can't you can't you can't shoot it if it's not written yet, right? Yeah, yeah. It's also uh, us. We we're always looking for like ways to tell the story through behavior. You know what I mean? And and visions and uh, limit dialogue. You know, we use dialogue in order to enhance the theme or strengthen something. You know, to to highlight something. But understanding that and then realizing like. How to use the other the other mediums, the other elements of film to reinforce this story, to reveal it, you know what I mean, to the audience in, in a way that's like vibrant and visceral and and um just impactful and organic, you know? Mm. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a story, you know, one of our we, we have we have two mentors, as you know, and and other guardian angels as yourself, Amanda. One one is what is Bobby and one is uh Ellen, yeah. Ellen Burston. And what she told us was when she was working with Billy Freakin, that um, Billy Freakin's goal when when making a film, he said to her that I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little, but I'm I'm here to put that that guy in Indonesia out of business. And she was like, "What what the hell are you talking about?" Um, but I'm sure she didn't say hell because Ellen's much more well spoken than that. But he said when 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 they were when they were screening one of his films in Indonesia, Billy was there, and in between every scene. They would pause the film, the lights would go up, and this guy would come out and he would explain what the dialogue was. So Billy's whole thing is, I don't ever want, I want to put that guy out of a job. Forget what the dialogue says. I want the images to be so strong that they tell that that no matter what language you speak, you understand what is happening. Oh, that's that's so good. That's so good. So the dialogue doesn't matter. Right. That you got. Well, you know, it's so interesting because one of the things that I always try to share is that um, a, a film's a screenplay's job is to make you see. Right. So a play is an auditory experience. Right. So you're hearing a play, but a film's job is to make you see. And, and that just speaks to that so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that like the human brain absorbs images faster. You know what I mean? So a, a lot of times things will stay with you that you're not even aware of, you know? You end up having dreams with the movie, you know? Or the epiphany comes later. You're like, oh, oh, wow. I didn't even know I learned that, you know? And that and that's my favorite part of it, you know? I, I love, like, when you, you watch our films, there's always these, like, hidden elements in there that I hope the audience notices, but I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm putting it in there as, like, the world around you and how I think it affects us. And, and if you catch it, dope. And if you don't, dope, as long as you can follow the story and you're affected. 
I love it. I love it. It's it's like I like to call them thematic Easter eggs. Like they're there mm. and if you see them, it's great. But if you don't, but but your brain is processing them and you understand that what you're watching is deep and it has depth. You just don't know why until you spot it, right? Yeah. And it's nothing better than when someone comes up to you after and they're like, yo, I saw this. Was this that? I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> <It's landed." laughs> oh, that's great. That's so great. So I know that you both started uh, primarily as actors. Is that right? So yeah. what, when did you know, you know, oh, I, I'm different. I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not typical. I, I'm, I'm an artist. I need, I want to be an actor. And how did that evolve into then I'm going to create my own projects? What was that journey for both of you like? Go ahead, Hav. Um, man, you, you know, it's funny because I think back and, and I feel like I've always had, I mean, I've always definitely had it in me, you know, my father was a, a, a musician in Puerto Rico. And so I know that that comes to me from that part of my family, you know, um, all my cousins and all of them. One one cousin is like an amazing scenic designer, you know what I mean? He writes all these plays in Spanish for his church and his daughters are amazing, like amazing puppeteers and dancers. You, you know, it's it's crazy, um, which is something that I didn't know, like growing up, you know, and I didn't really know that side of my life until I was older. And I had already d discovered the theater. For, for me, I was blackmailed into acting. <laughs> How? <laughs> I had, um, I, I had, Come home from a, a, a state mandated vacation, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I went to school. And, and uh, one of my god, my guidance counselor, Miss Katerba, who knew me like super well, so she knew how to trigger me. And she was like, "What are you doing here? You're never gonna do anything. You might as well drop out." And I was like, "What? Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "Gloves off, <laughs> challenge accepted." You know what I mean? And, and um, and so I went to my English teacher, Miss Parisi. And uh, I was like, Miss Parisi, I, I need to pass your class. I need to graduate. What do I do? She was like, mm. I was like, come on, anything. She's like, all right, you got to do extra credit. I said, all right, what do you want? She was like, you got to be Zach in chorus line. No. Like, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely not. There's no way I'm doing that. Um, and she was like, okay, so we'll we'll see you next year. You know what I mean? I'm like, Absolutely not. You know, so I was like, ah, I can't, I got to prove Mr. Turbo wrong. So I'm going to like, you, you know, um, and I did the play and then, man, first of all, I get to the theater and it's like, you know, three dudes and 20 women. And I'm like, <laughs> forgive me. I've, I've evolved since then, but I was like, okay, I'm coming to rehearsals. You, you know what I mean? And, um, and then the first time I walked out on the stage, man, my heart was racing, you know, the adrenaline pumping. And, and I was like, wow, this is it was the most exhilaration I felt besides like being in the streets. You know what I mean? And and, and running around doing crazy stuff. And, and I didn't know that there was something that could like match that energy you know, and make me feel like seen. I don't think I've ever I had ever been seen that way. Um, and that changed my life because it was the first time I used to think that I'd be dead by 21. And it was the first time that I found something that made me start to reanalyze that picture you know mm -hmm. what i mean reevaluate what i was doing with my life um and so that i was in i walked away and and i you know i finished and it was dope and i didn't know and so I, like i went back to the streets 
And then right around 23, I was smoking a blunt in my bed. I had me and my cousin used to run this, this apartment and, um, I was smoking and, and I was just, I had money, I had drugs, I had cars, I had women, but I was empty. Mm. I was just empty on the inside and, and I felt it. And I was smoking this blunt and I zoned out about how depressed I was and the blunt fell and hit me in the eye. And when it burnt me, it set off like a bomb inside of me. And I was like, ah, I fucking hate myself. And I went back and I tracked down Miss Katerba. Wow. And I was like, I know you triggered me. I know, I know you did that on purpose. What do I do now? And then she was like, okay, good. I've been waiting for you to wake up. Okay. And, and then she set me off and we filled out some college applications. And I'm like, I can't go to college. What am I going to do at college, man? I don't, I don't know how to do anything but the streets. And she was like, you know how to act? And I was like, yeah, and She goes, people do that as a career. I'm like, what? <laughs> people get paid to act? Yeah, I didn't know. Like, I didn't grow up. Like, I didn't really grow up watching TV. So the thing that like actors being paid didn't. I, right. So like we were playing pretend. You know what I mean? And I didn't know that was a career, man. And then it was like, I. Right. And I got into NJCU, and then that was it. Like, I started doing theater, and um, every day I was just like, oh shit, this is my home. You know? Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was long <laughs> with No, that's a great story. I love how teachers so, save us. Teachers save us, art save us. What, how about you, Gabe? So the moral of the story is, bro, is that you wasted a fucking blunt? Ah! That shit I <laughs> you know, listen, it's, it's like, part of that blunt that helped the awakening, bro. Hey, you know? like, at, least, at least take it with you, man. I'm sure that shit was only three quarters of the way burnt. Damn. Man, um, you, you know what's what's funny is I, I I've never heard that story from Hav. I knew I knew parts of it. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I know that, but I I similarly got blackmailed into acting. Mm. You know, yeah. like when I when I was look when I was a kid, man, I, I grew up an only child, and like I, I thought I was going to be an animator. I would sit in my room for hours drawing comic book figures, and I was very artistic, and I always drew, and then like. I don't know, fast forward 13, I started breakdancing and then I, that, I started taking that real seriously. And by the time I was like 17, I did some shows and I had a crew and like hip hop was my life. But I always, always, always wanted to be an actor. Like I performed in middle school and in, 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 like if there was a play and I could do something in it from like kindergarten to middle school, it was like I love being, being, being there and doing it. But that shit, I felt like I suppressed that. And then my senior year in high school, I did everything and anything I could to hustle my way out of classes that it would make me do homework. <laughs> like, like I, I had, I think I had like three or four free periods. Like I got out of math somehow. I got out of science somehow. You know, it was like, and, and even in 11th grade, I took a business class because, I mean, I lived, I lived in the projects and, and I had to lie about where I, where I lived and went to school. And I was like, I need to make money, period. I took a business class and I was like, oh, fuck, man, I'm, I'm going to kill myself if I do a cubicle every day. I just can't do it. Not that it's wrong. It's just can't. <laughs> so I decided to, to make an art portfolio. I went to art school for college. But back. So I'm in senior year and I see a class that says, that's, it says TV studio and film. And I was like, oh, man, we're going to watch movies. This is a perfect <laughs> class for me. And I remember and 
it, what it was, it was actually an acting class. And I'll never forget the teacher's name was Mr. Kennedy and he was the head of the band and I was a senior. And I was just like, you know, had this mask on of this tough B-boy fucking hip hop, you know, kid. I was like, everything else was corny. And, and I remember they were doing Grease. And I don't know, I never cut class, but I found like legal ways to get out of class. And Mr. Kennedy came up to me one day. He was like, he's like, look, you're going to, um, you haven't been around, so you're going to fail. And I never failed a class. And I was just like, holy shit, I can't fail a class. And he was like, you're going to fail if you don't want to fail and you want to pass and you want to get into the college that you want to go to. Cause I was already applying for art schools. He was like, you need to audition for Greece. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, man. I'm not an, I'm not acting. I'm not going to pretend to cry and all that other bullshit. He was like, you're going to audition for Kaniki. You're going to sing until this day. Singing is, I, I, I am deadly afraid. And I was like, shit, man. He's like, or fail. It's up to you. Sing or fail. And I was like, God damn it. And I did. And I got Kaniki. And I played Kaniki in my high school play ah, of Greece. Great. And when I stepped on that stage, the, like similar to how the only the only rush I ever felt was when I was battling. Like when you battle as a b-boy or you're breaking, I was like, whoa. But it was something else. It was something more to it. And it was like the ensemble, the people, everything, all of it, the theater, just like those lights went up. And I was just like, what is this world? It just felt right. And then I stifled it, you know, after high school, I went to college, did what I thought I was supposed to do, try to get good grades, try to do a nine to five for a year. And all that shit was just, it was, it was, man, I was, I was so miserable. And then I ended up relying on my uh, dancing and I was a professional B-boy for years, almost 10 years. That's how I paid my rent. That's how I did everything. And then I got this ridiculous show called MTV Made where they had, where they had like professional coaches coach these kids that wanted to be certain things and it was at the audition was actually my best friend and I just went with him I went to the audition I was sitting in the room and, and he was like I'm gonna do it I was like this is fucking corny but I love you so I'll support you and the casting director came out and she looked at me she goes are you a break dancer I said no I'm a fucking b-boy not a break dancer and she was like good come come in and audition I was like nope she was like why I was like because you're MTV and you're the devil you commercialize hip-hop and that's it she was like, okay, can you please come in for the audition? And then my friend, my best friend, Ed, he looked at me. He was like, what are you doing, bro? He's like, if you get it or I get it, at least you can give them, at least one of us will get it. And we could rep our crew. We could rep what, what this really is. I was like, man, whatever. So I went inside. They asked me to break. And then they asked me some questions. And I think I, think I said some more shit. They're like, so what do you think about the show? I was like, I think it's fucking stupid. I think you guys commercialize hip hop. And I don't think you know what the real essence of this shit is. And you're just trying to make a dollar off of what we do. They're like, okay. And I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that show. And, and they tried to make me do all types of shit with this kid. And I was like, no, I won't do it. And uh, after that show aired, I got, this is when MySpace was around. I got a message from MySpace. Well, actually, during the show, the producer was like, you're an actor. You're an actor. I was like, yeah, this is a stupid reality show. This isn't acting. He's like, no, you're an actor. You need to, you need to, you need to go. I was like, whatever. And then I got a message over MySpace from some girl that watched the show. She was 13 years old. She said she was going to kill herself. And she saw the episode and was inspired from my authenticity as a coach and as a person that maybe she could do. She saw what I, that I did what I loved so much that she wanted to do what she loved so much wow. and it helped her. And I was like, I started balling and I was like, well, if I could do this on a stupid reality show, 
maybe I need to face what I really want to do as an act. And then that's, that's what took it from there. Wow. That's a great story. That's right? a great story. <clears throat> that's dope. So many examples of how writing and art save us, you know? Oh man. Yeah. Or living authentically saves us. Right. Yeah. yeah. So here you guys are, you know, you, you, you both are, are two of my favorite artists. You are so authentic. There's nothing that you do. That's not authentic. Um, the, the talent level is, is, I just have so much respect. So if you go back and you look at the little, the little boys, right. The, the, the kids back there in high school, what, what would you say to them that you've learned that you wish that you knew then? I would say everything that hurts right now, it's okay, and it's going to be your greatest asset as an artist. Yeah. And don't, don't run from it and don't pretend that it's not there. Yeah. Well, I, would, I would encourage myself to live into my uniqueness. You know? I always played like, man, I, I was super intelligent, and I would like dumb myself down because I didn't want to make people feel bad. You know what I mean? Especially like my friends and them, but literally like I would sleep through class and pass every test. And so they would keep checking me and be like, how's he passing these tests? Like, you know what I mean? I would, uh, it, I, I passed the whole football team. Like I played football, I played sports and we would take the same classes. And then I would pass the whole class by like, I would take, the, you know, you write, you got to write down your work. And I would pass that paper around and everybody would write down the work and put the answers and come back. And one time at, at the end, uh, man, I can't believe I can't remember his name, but my geometry teacher was like, Hav, I know that you're passing everybody. And I'm like, I don't know what you're, ta- <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But, but for years, I, I remember they wanted to skip me. They, they, they wanted to skip me. And I was like, absolutely not absolutely not so in order for them not to skip me i started failing classes you you know what i mean like i didn't want to leave my friends i didn't want to make them it it was was this weird place of like being cool man being like dumb you know what i mean and breaking rules you know that thing you go through um so i i would definitely i would encourage myself i'm like man just live fully into your uniqueness and embrace the gifts that are that were given to you you know Cause it wasn't until years later that like, so I had this conversation with my cousin. I was deciding to, to, to walk away. Right. It's when I was like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to try this thing. And um, like I said, we used, we used to run this building and, and I'm like, man, I gotta, I, I was like the mastermind behind the mathematics. We get this, we break it down like this. We make this much. And since we're doing this, we're going to move it faster than everyone else. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so that shit becomes essential, you know what I mean? It's 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 essential to how the operation works. And and I go and I'm like, fuck it. I go to my cousin, and I'm like, yo, man, I gotta tell you something. He's like, what up? I'm like, yo, I I I think I'm done, bro. I, I don't I don't wanna do this anymore. I think I'm gonna go to school. And he's like, boom, and he fucking rams me against the wall, and I throw my hands up because I think we're about to fight because he's angry. And he's like, motherfucker. Motherfucker, I've been waiting for you to fucking, you know what I mean? And um, and he was like, I always knew, like yeah. they always knew I was smarter than I let on, you know what I mean? And 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 so we were just both playing this stupid little game and shit. So you know, and that helped because when I wanted to walk away and to have like your peers support you, you know what I mean? 
you almost I used to buy into the to the stigma to that lie that we're crabs in a barrel and that nobody wanted to see me succeed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When when what I really found was like when I went to walk away and change, my cousin gave me his back to stand on. You know what I mean? So I love that. I love that. You know, um, that's a that's another beautiful story. It's like what 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 I'm hearing is that we have these gifts and we deny them and we deny them because it takes courage to admit that maybe you're good at something. (laughs) It takes courage to say, Hey, maybe I have something to offer, you know? Yeah. And the moment, the moment you, you admit that you also open yourself up to the possibility of failing. And and that's, that's like the biggest fear, at, at least for me now, you know, thankfully, um, the circle I run with working with Potch, we always like, yo, it's okay to fail, you know, fall forward. We're like, <laughs> fail forward, you know, as long as you keep failing forward, you're going to keep you moving in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, on that note, would you feel comfortable sharing what your biggest failure, your biggest lesson, we won't call them failures, but what was, what was the hardest thing you had to learn? The biggest lesson you, you, you both had to learn on this journey to where you're at now. <sighs> I think for me, and I'm still, I'm still, I mean, anybody that knows me knows that therapy saved my life. I go to therapy every week, even through COVID, I'm on this Zoom. And I think for me, it's anything that I judge anyone else on is really a part of myself that I can't stand and that I haven't fully loved. I'm, I could be very, very, very judgmental. And I think that's the biggest lesson. It's like, what I think is that that person's a horrible actor or this person's this kind of person or that and that they're just fucking mirroring a part of myself that, that I refuse to admit is there. And that's, yeah, that's, that's what's hard is, is, is for me at least is to not beat myself up because of it, but to really dig deeper and say, why, well, why do I still have that? Why am I still doing that? And how do you, how do I love that part of myself so it doesn't have to be there anymore and that's that's really what affects all my work as a writer and an actor is 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 going deeper into that i think that answers the question yeah so like you know you had to fail a couple of times to learn that you know you can't judge you can't judge yourself you can't can't not not only that but like this need to be the greatest this need to be the 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 whether it's the guru or like the fucking best actor or have everyone put me on a pedestal is what's keeping me from doing really really great work that's a good one that is such a good one we all want to prove ourselves right yeah i think um that's that's a tough question man but i i honestly i think my my biggest failure to this point is my inability to celebrate myself to like accept compliments and and to really you know I um I didn't I never gave my mom permission to celebrate who the man I became and uh and it robbed me of certain experiences with her it, it, and it robbed her of of the joy of being like, I went from nothing to something. Mm. 
And not that I was nothing, but, you know, I, when I say nothing from someone that wasn't looking for anything more, I wasn't, you know, working on myself. I wasn't trying to be anything. I thought the streets was everything. And and to make that transformation, which all happened in this house, this, this house has seemed like such an amazing journey in life. But um, that inability to celebrate myself to to accept when I had accomplished things and and to be grateful for it has limited my abundance, my ability to accept what the universe gives me, you know, uh, and 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 that kind of stuff is contagious, you know, and you spread that. So I, I think that that that's been that, that's been the most um, impactful failure in my life, you know. Yeah, that's that's so so insightful. It's so true. It, you know, this business is so hard as it is, right? Like, like it, it's just too difficult. Some days you just like, what am I doing? Only that we know we could never survive in the other world, right? We know we couldn't. <laughs> so we're kind of stuck here in yeah. this purgatory of artistry. But 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 the moments where um, you do have a win, it's important. It's important to celebrate that. So thank you. For it's part of seeing yourself you know what i mean fully being like yo i'm 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 handsome or you you know what i mean like even saying that like it's also part of this like false modesty how can you live into yourself if you don't fully accept yourself you know what i mean and it's always being like oh yeah i did that but somebody did something better who the hell are you comparing with just you know just celebrate what you were able to do yeah yeah I, I will also say, I don't think it's our biggest failure, but one of Hav and I both share a similar obstacle that we work on every day. And that is, we we have this thing, and maybe it's because of the way we grew up, that we're always looking for things to go wrong or for somebody to fuck us. And that comes from growing up from where we grew up at. And the truth is, the, the truth that's been proven to us over and over again is people want to help and, and nobody's genuinely out there looking to, to screw you. So stop looking for it. There isn't a fight there. There's nothing to win anymore. There's nothing to struggle anymore. So relax and just trust. Well, you know, the interesting thing about that is um, so many of us artists get to a point where we feel like we haven't made it and we get bitter and we start to think that the world is against us and we start to think that someone has it out and that the reason why we aren't where we want to be is because of some other thing that's against us and if that's Mm -hmm. not the biggest poison when you start feeling that way that is the danger zone and um and understanding that nobody's out to get you and you just gotta you know work hard i think that you know the idea yeah. that you have to work harder than everybody else is something that doesn't quite sink in. And if you're not working every day, well, then, you know, you're not going to see the dividends and it has nothing to do with people being against you. You know, I mean, it's a real psychological hole that we fall in sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you fall into this or I, I'll speak for myself. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it ties into what Gabe was saying about not judging because I'll see people who I'm like, don't have the same work ethic, maybe don't have the same talent, you know what I mean? Or whatever, blah, blah, other thing I can say. And then they land like, you know, series regular or or they, they sell a show or something. And I'm like, what is going on in the universe? 
You, <laughs> what is happening? I know you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and then understanding that like everybody has their journey, man. And yours has nothing to do with mine, you, you know, and, and you can't take away what's meant for me. So I just got to stay true and, and, you know, keep showing up because I also think at the end of the day, it's, it's about showing up, man. And eventually you'll get your shot. And and working. What is this thing called working hard? Like, yeah, you got to work. But my, for me, working hard is tied in with joy. Like, I love this shit. If tomorrow, I always said this, if tomorrow... I, Look, acting and writing, uh, this might sound crazy, but it's not who I am. It's just one of the ways that I bring joy into my life. And right now, that's all that I love to, not all, but that's mostly what I love to do. The second I don't love it anymore, I'm, I don't have to do anything. I'm going to stop. I could go and get a fucking nine to five. And you know what? I know people who do nine to fives that are completely happy, which goes to show you there's not one way to do anything. Yeah. But- to, to put that pressure on yourself to think that, that, you know, I think people have this false, I, I'll speak for myself. I've had this false idea of like, if I, if I get this amount of money or if I sell this kind of show, or if I land this role, then everything will magically just become, uh, you know, fucking rainbows and unicorns. It will never, no matter how much it's true, more money, more problems in a way. What's it's inside of me that I have to be good with and remember like, None of this shit's going to make me. None of this shit's going to break me. You know, one of my best friends right here is who I love to sit. And we just come up with ridiculously dumb ideas to see if it works. And we laugh. And, and the joy of clicking, laughing, crying on some fucking authentic shit is what keeps me going. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I'm, I'm, I'm with Gabe. It's like, so I, I, I realized at some point that like, in the, and you'll see it in all our films and in my art, right? My, my, my spiritual journey is to uplift, to empower, to encourage, you know what I mean? To move with love. It's just that acting and film is the medium that I've chosen to express that, you know what I mean? To, to, to reveal that message to the world around me. But ultimately, you know, this is, this is a platform for me to affect my community and, and the world around me in, in hopes to like, create a change of empowerment where we as a society we uplift each other man you know i was raised with this i can't mentality which is something that i feel like you get in these like urban low-income areas right you can't do this you can't do that you need to get a job like and they and they train you to work for people versus like raising you saying yes you can I can be a doctor I can be a lawyer I can be the president you know and and then empowering each other but um now I'm like, you know, I go around and I, I do like group youth talks and I'll go to the prisons or I'll go to group homes and I go to different like high schools and speak to them. Ultimately, I, the reason I love film is because I think it's an opportunity to educate people on a mass level. Right. And inspire them. And that that's where wonder came in, you know, and one of the best things that we, we like our main goal has always been like the message is more important than the messenger. And even as we've been creating and moved on to the show, like, you know, I gave up directing, gave, gave up uh, acting because the message, the message of, of, of acceptance, the message of love, of tolerance, of, of like protection is more important than like me or Gabe having the, the career that we're chasing. You know, I mean, when you think of what just happened in, in Atlanta, like 
man, come on. Like, it, you, you know what I mean? Like that, that is just, it's unacceptable, man. It, it's unfathomable that at this point in 2021, people still operate with such ignorance. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, the idea that that the art is what's important, or when we say in writing rooms that story is king, it's your opinion doesn't matter. Nothing matters. The egos are gone. It's all about the work. It's all about the story, and that that takes a maturity level that um, you have to reach before you can really accept that. So, so that's great. Um. So 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 um. So tell me about your wins. Tell me your biggest win. What was what was what was the moment where you go? I'm gonna hold on to this. <laughs> there's there's little ones, and I'll just go with the first. The first one is I think, and I still don't think I've I've fully celebrated it. Is when HBO licensed Wonder. It's great to me. That was that was a benchmark of like, okay, maybe we're not delusional. Love that. That was that is a great win. I just had that realization the other day. I just got HBO Max and I'm like, holy shit, Wonders on HBO Max, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, we we uh we licensed the short to HBO. I was like, I gotta like, you know, I gotta let myself celebrate that. Yeah, you know, patting myself on the back. I've been like waking up in the mornings and and priming, you know what I mean, and setting my intentions and and so I have a habit of like expecting good things to come right through my meditation. I got to a point where I'm always expecting good things to come. I'm, I'm always like, it's like something good is coming. Right. And then like a couple of weeks ago, maybe last month, I was like, I had this epiphany where I was like, it's time for a change. And that usually happens with me. Like, you know, I'm like, I got to change. I'm, I'm, there's a shift in my mindset and my beliefs happening. And it was like, you need to bring this present. I need to find a way to, to see the good in the present moment, not only just be expecting it. I'm like, so this is a friendly amendment. Not only do we expect better things to come, but also I can see the goodness in this moment right here. And, and in order like for me to accept myself and, and to really move forward, I have to like find that gratitude in every moment. Um, and so that's, that's my biggest win right now, man, being comfortable with myself, not worried about like, how people perceive me if I get emotional or if I cry, you know what I mean? Like for a long time, like I suppressed all of that. And now um, I, I fully embrace my feminine energy because I think it, it makes me, I, I know it, it's made me a better artist and it, and it allows me to be more connected to the world around me. So that ability to um, just to see myself, you know, feminine and masculine together as as one like universal being is is was huge for me, you know. We grew up around a lot of toxic masculinity. So like crying and and talking about your feelings and seeing stuff was like all of a sudden you were a victim, you know? <laughs> they're like, they're like the the come out, they're like circling you and shit, yeah. <laughs> I've came with his fucking deep hat today. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Going deep, bro. Um, I, I'm excited for you um, to, to hear that. You know, uh, so, you know, we work um, closely together in so many different scenarios and, and you're the one 
who needs to be in charge, right? I always see you as the one who's in charge. Even if you're not directing something, you're still the one who is holding it down. Like, I know what's got to be done. If you don't, I know, right? <laughs> I know that's always what's going in your mind, right? <laughs> so it's exciting for me to hear that, to see if, you know, what that might bring to, to release some of that, some of that control factor, that male energy of I'm the one, I got this. Actually, maybe no, I don't. Let me see where we are. Yeah, it it made me a a better collaborator, you know what I mean? Which is where we are now. Like, I'm not afraid for you to have a better idea than me. You know, that's why me and Gabe, best idea wins. You know, that's it. At the end of the day, leave the ego at the door, which is why I I, I love creating with Gabe because he comes in and I could be like, that doesn't work. And instead of defending it, he's like, okay, so so what do we do? You know, and, and so everything with us is yes and all right, all right. And, and that doesn't mean that we don't like fight, brothers fight. You know what I mean? We 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 fight, but ultimately at the end of the day, I take comfort in knowing that like we both have the goal of making the best project. And we're not attacking each other and not trying to be better than each other. We're just trying to like create the best project possible. And that can yeah. get you through anything, you know what I mean? If you check that ego at the door, you're gonna you you're gonna win. Story is king. Story queen. Right. (laughs) So tell me the craziest thing that's ever happened to you guys. Give me a crazy story. Are you fucking kidding me? Did that just really happen? (laughs) Damn, we got so many. (laughs) Yeah, good or bad. Whatever you want to share. (laughs) I'll say I'll say a quick uh Man, I don't I don't know if I could say some of these in public. No names, no names. I'll, no names. I'll say I'll say I'll say one that actually brought tears to eyes that was like crazy. So when we first when we first did Wonder, right? Hav didn't want to go to festivals. He was like, fuck those festivals. Let's put this shit, let's put this shit out on YouTube. I'm guarantee you we get a million hits and fucking we go we're gonna make it. And and you know, I was just like, no, we, we could do that, just give it. I was like, I got him finally negotiated him to 12 months. I said, just give it 12. The give first guy, he was like, no, I'm not, I don't yeah. agree with that at all, Hob. At all, at all. So we apply to these festivals. We get one no. You see, I fucking told you. Take it off. We're going on YouTube. We get, we get two no's. We get three no's. We get four no's. We get five. Finally, I'm like, bro, I feel the same way you do. We just breathe. He was like, ah, ah, fuck. And then we get a yes from this film festival that called Martha's Vineyard African American Film Festival. The first year, it's accredited by the Academy Awards to, to, to make a short film eligible for the Academy Award. I go, bro, we got into this festival and they messaged me saying they saw the film. It was incredible. And it's in Martha's Vineyard. Well, how the fuck are we going to afford Martha's Vineyard? I was like, I don't know. You know, a long story short, there was a, a woman, God rest her soul. Her name is Barbara Spiegel, member of the actor studio who was in Wonder. And we were not going to go to Martha's Vineyard, one of the first biggest festivals we were in. She comes up to me and she goes, this, you two have worked hard and this film needs to be seen. Are you going to Martha's Vineyard? Because she knew that we were going. And we're like, nah, man. I mean, it's like fucking $7,000 a night to stay there. She, she goes... I want you two to go. She pulls out a checkbook and wrote a check for $1,000. She goes, you two need to go to Martha's Vineyard. 
I don't know why, but you need to go. So we go to Martha's Vineyard. Thanks, thanks to Barbara, who's who's fucking laughing and smiling down with all her jewelry from heaven. We go to Martha's Vineyard. Not only do we go and have a good time because they were playing all old school R and B and nineties hip hop at night, but we made some good friends. We 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 go and we end up winning the best short film. H, it's called the HBO Best Short Film Award, and that made us eligible for the Academy Award. Hav and I started fucking crying. We couldn't believe it. So the, the and I'm sorry this is long winded, but. The craziest thing is the day after the awards, I mean, the theater was packed. Like we got to see the reaction for the, one of the first times for people of our film and, and they, they were laughing, they were screaming, they were crying. It was fantastic. And they we're sitting on the, in the middle of the movie. Like, you, you know, that, yeah. time that when, uh, when you first yeah. uh, him with his son in the costume and the whole audience. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, yeah. like, fuck yeah, that's right. That's yeah. So the next morning we're we're high and we're buzzing and we don't know what's gonna happen next, but we want to celebrate this win. And 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 this beautiful soul, her name is Lydia. She she's walking by the front stoop and she goes, Hey, are you two the ones that made wonder? And we were like, Yeah. She was like, We saw it. I were like, Oh, we we right, we're huggers. We got up, we hugged her, we thanked her, we're like, come sit with us. And we're sitting there, and she's like this educator, she's she's part of the educational system. Um, throughout the United States. And she just looked at us and she goes, she goes, I want to contribute to your movie. I was like, we were like, yeah, but the movie's done. And she was like, I don't care. What's your PayPal? Send us $300 right there. Wow. Out of, out of nowhere. And we were like, so to me, that's one of the craziest things. It was like, we weren't trying, we weren't trying to do anything. We weren't, we weren't looking to network. We weren't doing some craziness, but yeah. Yeah, that was dope. I got two. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share one good and one 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 uh one still good. So, uh, in that same in that same platform, this is more like magic. Um, there was this big kid that was a volunteer huh. at, at the at, at the festival. Um, and we seen him whatever. You know, we weren't really like we was hugging everybody. So afterwards, after the film, the next day we're we're at an event. Uh, the director's brunch. Me and Gabe is there and he comes up and he's like, you know, he talks to Gabe and then Gabe tells him to come to me. And then he comes to me and he's like, you know, can I tell you something? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you know, um, I came out six months ago and my mom stopped talking to me. And he was like, you know, um, so she showed up to watch Wonder and she heard us speak and whatever. And she said, he said that night they went out to dinner and she asked him about like his life. And how he was doing. And he was like, you know, I thought I lost my mom forever. And and your film has brought ha, your film brought us back together. God. Yeah. Crazy. I get emotional because like, you know, when we were making it, we knew it was special. But I didn't know that like you were gonna feel the heart that we the heart, like when you watch it, you know what I mean? And every time I've watched it. I'm I'm reminded because I feel it. I'm like, oh man, like we we really like we there was so much love that went into it that it like transcends like the energy barriers of the world, right? Yeah. So I thought that was like magic and 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 crazy to see like people affected like that by watching the film. And that's just one of many stories yeah. that we could go down about people like, yo, this is what your film did to me. And I'm like, wow. Like, you know, that was like the universe was like, you're going to put this out and you're going to affect people without expecting it, you know? 
Um, and then for for the streets. <laughs> so without this without this event, if if this event goes the other way, we never meet. We're not sitting here. I'm not sitting here. Yeah. I um I come home again from uh another one of my like mandated trips and shit. You know, I was I, I was pretty good at being an idiot growing up. Um and I get to the block and I, and I and I see my cousins and, and we're kicking it. And then my my older cousin, he's like, he, he gives me some money. He's like, you know, get yourself back on your feet. So me and my cousin, my other cousin, we we head to the city and uh I stop uptown, uh, up like um Washington Heights. I pick up a hundred grams of crack. We go to the Bronx to buy some weed. I got a hundred grams of pack crack on the inside pocket of my Yankee starter. So yeah, I'm so we get we get up there and we jump out the car. And me, instead of like leaving the shit in the car, I, I still got this shit in my inside pocket. I get there and uh and as we're talking to the dude to buy the weed, bro, like four bands. The spot gets raided, right? And they're like, everybody get up against the wall. And I'm like, oh shit. Immediately I'm like, I got all this crack on me. I'm fucking done. I literally, I haven't even been home a day. I'm like, I'm fucking done. I start praying. I'm like, Jesus, help me, yo, please. <laughs> My mama gonna die, yo. Right? So I, I turn around and I'm walking to the wall and there's like an empty spot. And my voice, I hear a voice in my head and it's like, no. I'm like, I keep walking, no. So I'm looking at this empty spot. I'm like, all right, I make a left and I walk to the end of the line. There's a whole line of us. And I go to the end of the line and, and I stand end up next to my cousin. And he looks at me, he's like, you got that on you? And I'm like, he's like, he puts his head down. I put my head down, I start praying. The cop comes up to me and he turns me around. He goes, don't I know you? I'm like, nah, you don't know me, bro. He like, yeah, we recently locked you up. Didn't we just arrest you? I'm like, nah, nah, me in my head, I'm racing. I'm like, damn, is this the same cop? Holy shit. So anyway, he calls over another cop. He's like, come here. He's like, don't we know? Yeah, we just arrested him. I'm like, nah, you ain't arrest me. And so like, he's patting me down. But since we're engaged in this conversation, he slaps on top of the bag and he slaps beneath the bag, right? I look like this, and they're just coming down the line, handcuffing everybody. Clack, 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 clack. They get to my cousin. They handcuff my cousin. He goes, well, I guess we're going to find out if we know you when we get down to the precinct. I'm like, man, I'm fucked. So he turns to another cop. He's like, give me a pair of handcuffs for this one. The cop looks at me and goes, we don't have any more handcuffs. He turns to me. He goes, today's your lucky day, bro. Get out of here. I'm like, oh. Oh, my God. A breakout. And then he went, then he met us in Martha's Vineyard right after. Yeah. <laughs> that was the same day. But but there's been there's been moments in my life where I like I've heard this voice. And that voice has has shifted my, my choice. And without that voice, I'm not here today. You know what I mean? Um and I don't know why I've ever even listened to that voice, but you know, thank thank God and thank my guardians and, and, and all my ancestors for like continuing to like save me when I put myself in these ridiculous situations. You know? Oh man. Well, you know what? You're here for a purpose. That's for sure. Amen. Yeah. All of us, right? Yeah. This is a, a, 
we have an incredible power cipher. And when I, when I sit back and I think of like, you know, all the brilliant people that I'm surrounded by, it, it reminds me of like, you know, the group theater. And yeah. when you think about that circle, you're like, wow, you know, like all those brilliant minds. It, it was like, what well, you had, you had Kazan, you had Lee Strasberg, you had Stella Adler, you had Meisner, you had Cheryl Lewis, fucking uh, Cheryl Crawford, Bobby, Bobby Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. In, insane that like, who was in that group. And I feel like that when I, when I think about us, you know, and, and, and this like circle of, of artists that we have. So I'm, I'm excited about what's coming for us and, and opening those channels of abundance, you know, mm-hmm. and learning to celebrate ourselves. You, you are, I mean, I'm, um, I, mm-hmm. you have me, I can't talk now because all I want is for us all to be back in a theater again, because mm-hmm. I, I know, I know that we're just right there to, to, to creating that kind of magic. I know it. Yep. Um, but uh, we'll get there. We will get there again. I know it. Yeah. So this has been an amazing conversation. Uh, I, I knew that I knew that it would be when I when I asked you guys to come on here. Um, what do you want us to know? What are you working on now? What What do you want us? What do you want to leave us with? What right now we uh you know Runt Wonders being shopped around to become a TV series. Um, Brothers Keeper is uh is right now in the next stages of of becoming a feature film. A short film that I wrote, Javi's going to be directing this summer named Victoria. It's called Victoria. We're, we're very excited about that. We feel the same energy with wonder that we felt with wonder. So, I mean, that's, 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 that's what we're working on now. But the one thing I think I would want to say is the most important thing in this business. I know there's a lot of people that want to network and, 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 and people say it's who you know and what you know. And, all. and I honestly think none of that shit matters if you're just not your authentic self. Stop trying to sell fucking dig for what's right and what's deeper and just be you and and people will want to work with you i think at least that's what i strive for i think that's a great thing to end with anything you want to add to that Hav? nope just keep showing up and believing in yourself that's it oh guys i miss you i can't wait to be back in a theater we're all gonna (sighs) things happen yes yes miss you too mandy oh yeah miss you love you so love you Oh, we'll hang out. We'll get some food. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like we can like hang out and like just hang out. Yep. <laughs> yes. <do> that. <laughs> All right, guys. You have a great rest of your day. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Bye, Mandy. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today at Story Love. Please be sure to check out the Writing by Structure website where you'll find links to my Patreon, to my mini courses, and also a free outline template to help you craft your story. Um, if you need more help with figuring out just exactly what story structure really is. Um, you can find all of that at writingxstructure.mykajabi.com.